Beyond Synth, Season 7, Sequence Commencing in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 211. And my guest today is Beckett. And we'll be getting to that in just a little bit, but I've got a lot of uh, cool songs to play for you. And uh, yeah, so let's... Why don't we just get this thing started, man? It's time. Uh, so here is a track from an outfit called the ADSR. I don't know if that stands for something. If it does, please let me know, because uh, I'm out of the loop, man. Uh, you know, is this something all the kids know about? I mean, if that's the case, and I know about it too, man, I'm hip. Here, I'll go, uh, I'll go into Google right now and type in uh, hip lingo. With my mechanical keyboard. The Old Person's Guide to Hip Young Modern Lingo. Oh, this was published in 2014. Basic, adjective meaning average, boring, or routine. A basic bitch is a female who is extremely average, yet doesn't realize it. So there you go. Does that have anything to do with the ADSR? <laughs> All right, look, let's listen to it, man. This is Wait For Me by the ADSR.
And that was the ADSR with Wait For Me. And that was brought to you by my awesome patrons. There's Robert D. Bishop and Chris Dance, the kings of the Pattersons, because they are very, very, very generous people, and uh, I appreciate them very much. Hi, Chris Dance. Hi, Robert. I hope you're having a joyous day. And, of course, there's Six Mill with the 8484 and Mike Shima with the 82. You guys are really, really cool. I'm just looking through this article here about teaching lingo to old people. Bro, a noun that used to be common in black culture denoting brother in a convivial sense, but which has shamelessly been appropriated by Caucasians to mean a heterosexual male who is kind of a douchebag. Variants include bra, breh, bruv, Braj, Bromo Sapien, Brosephine, Bromontana, and Bromo Sapien. To, to give a bro job is to pull a prank on a fellow bro. <laughs> this article is stupid. An alternate term is dude bro, a broshi or broshki is a derogatory term denoting a masculine lesbian. What? <laughs> This article is silly. Okay, look, uh, you're listening to Beyond Synth, all right? And uh, we got lots of uh, tunes to play. Ooh, and looks like there's some video game news. I don't have much to say today, so we're just going to listen to the music, man. Let the music speak for us. Uh, so here is uh, a cool track by, I think this is pronounced Sheaf, S-H-E-A-F. It's brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters. There's Jacob Wick with the 4488, City Hunter with the 42, and in the 2666 Club, there is Hugh Hefna and Lucas Ceballos. And now we shall listen to this track. This is Sheaf with Anything.
And that was Anything by Sheaf. S-H-E-A-F. And that is brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Clint Dowling, Techno Ben, and Restless Nights. And uh, you guys are all awesome, and thank you for supporting the show. And don't forget... I know I say this every episode, but if you hear an artist you like on the program, I post all the links in the uh, More Info section. So if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, you click More Info, it's got all the links there. Um, When I post the show on Twitter and on Facebook, I also include the artist's uh, Facebook or Twitter links so you can uh, follow them and listen to their cool tunes. Now what's this? The PlayStation 5. They announced it. Coming out holiday 2020, the console will have a solid state drive. Games will be released on 100 gigabyte discs. 4K Blu-ray, blah blah blah, controller looks the same, except has adaptive triggers that can offer varying levels of resistance to make shooting a bow and arrow feel like the real thing. I always hate when they introduce new technology into the controllers because all it means is it's going to be a more expensive controller. Like, that's all that happens every time. It's like, well, now this controller, if you talk to it, it makes you coffee. And then they add like an extra 10 bucks. And like already the Nintendo Switch, the Pro Controllers, they're like 89 Canadian. And the damn Joy-Cons are 100 bucks Canadian. Like, they're literally $99 for Joy-Cons. And then everyone complains that they have that drift. See, because, you know, I bought one of them 8-bit Doe controllers or 8-bit do. Uh, I don't remember how to say it, but, um, no, I've been through this, because I see people calling them 8-Bit Do, but I feel like, isn't 8-Bit Do like a pun on Nintendo? Isn't that how you would say it? Because 8-Bit Do is stupid. Uh, anyway, look, so look at that. So Sony, uh, PlayStation in 2020. Oh, and it says they're going to be charged with USB Type-C. I guess they just talked about their controller for a while. Wait, what? One studio that is now confirmed as a PS5 developer is Bluepoint Games, said the studio president to Wired, we're working on a big one right now, I'll let you figure out the rest. Clearly a tease that Sony has bought the rights to F-Zero. What? Did that happen? I literally just started playing F-Zero for the SNES the other day for like the first time. I never really played that game too much. Uh, anyway, look. What do you guys think, man? You excited? Can you be excited about something when there's no information? <laughs> All I hope is it's backwards compatible, because I have a lot of downloaded games on the PS4, and if the PS5 can play them, then I will be a happy camper. And now, let's listen to some more music. Here's a track uh, by a band called From Apes to Angels. Uh, I think I've played a track of theirs before. This is a new one. I don't know that it's out yet. But, uh, again, you know my policy. If people send me music, I can't be bothered to check to see if it's released yet. So that's a warning to all of you. Uh, if you send me music that's like, hey, this doesn't come out till fucking, you know, November, then I just might play it by accident. Or on purpose. So look, here it is. This is From Apes to Angels, and it's brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, and Emilio Astavez. And this is Motorway by From Apes to Angels.
And that was from Apes to Angels with the track Motorway. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Pattern Shift, Kemsen, and Martin Larby. Now look, guys, I'm going to try and do a weekly stream on Twitch. I know I've been telling you about it. We did one last week, and we got the Discord working, which is exciting. So there is a Beyond Synth Discord. I think it's Beyond underscore Synth, and there should be a public group that you should be able to join without me having to invite you. But maybe I'll have to post the link in the description. So that's a way that you guys can communicate. So when I'm on Twitch, you can join the Discord, and then if you have a microphone, you can just talk, and I can hear you. And it's a little easier than doing it uh, through Skype. Although I will still have the Skype so that I can video chat with people as well when I do the stream. Now, the problem is I cannot guarantee a time. So I'm just going to try and stream once a week. And it's probably just going to be different times every week whenever I have the opportunity to do it. But you guys uh, should tune in. I'm using a thing called Restream right now. So I stream to Twitch and Facebook at the same time. And I'm trying to get it to stream to YouTube as well. It's supposed to, but it, it I don't think it did it last time. If you guys know about streaming, let me know. But the point is go to and join the beyond synth discord and let me know if i need to invite you because maybe i have to invite you uh i don't know what the hell is going on because my plan i think is i need to pull back from social media a bit uh because i have just way too much work to do now and it's just wasting my time and so i feel like if you guys want to communicate with me it'd probably be better just to try and have more twitch streams and then you guys can just do it live and it'll make more it'll be more satisfying than you guys tweeting at me and me not responding for a day because i'm a disorganized guy anyway uh let's listen to more tunes Here's one from someone called Virez, V-I-R-E-S. I'm assuming that's Vi, right? It's like a play on high-res. Virez! And this is a cool track. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters uh, in the $25 Club. There's Gregorio Franco and Blake Peterson. And uh, Gregorio, I think, just teased he's got an album coming out sometime in October. So uh, maybe we'll be playing some new Gregorio tracks soon enough. And I think it's finally, I think that's the one that's got the little collab that I was uh, telling you guys about. I don't know, did he announce it officially? What's on the album? I don't know. Anyway, look, let's listen to this track. This is Virez with Fallout.
And that was Fallout by Virez. And that was brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters. There's Ashley Keegan with the 2049, and Rachel Buchelman with the 1985, and Murat with the 1984. And look at this. I'm reading stupid movie news. Wedge returns in Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. Well, you guys know I'm real excited about this. <laughs> Oh, if they didn't fuck that last one up so hard. I mean, jeez, they're just trying so hard now, man. It's really frustrating because, you know, like, they, you know, they've got Lando back and they're trying to just bring back as much as they can. You know, the Emperor is going to be in it and all this other stuff. And it just, ah, it just makes the last two even more frustrating that the actual core cast you wanted to see together were never together. And now they're bringing all these people back where it's like, so I never got to see a scene where, like, Lando and Luke and Han and Leia were all together. Like, we're never going to see that. Wedge was Luke's friend. We're never going to see them together. Like, there's all this stuff that we're just we're never going to see. So I know there's probably people who are, like, excited when they hear announcements like this. Like, oh, cool, you know, Wedge is back. And, like, yeah, but Wedge was Luke's friend. Like, <laughs> if if Wedge is back, you got to have Luke there so they could give each other a hug as old men and be like, hey, we made it this long. You know, like, that's Wedge on his own. Who gives a shit? Fucking Wedge. Wedge you. Anyway, look, let's... <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I know there's people out there who are still happy about uh, Star Wars. I mean, does this excite you? It's just frustrating when there's characters who, like, what makes them fun was their interaction with each other. Lando and Han, you know, their relationship. And so just having Lando show up by himself with literally none of the core cast being around is just like, what? I, I don't know, man. Anyway, look, let's listen to this track. All right. Cheer me up. It's a... Hold on, this is a complicated title here. What is this? Jigsaw sequence featuring Kay Burden, but this is Melody Horror's It Doesn't Matter remix. All right. (laughs) Anyway, look, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jimpy with the 18, and in the $15 club, there's Hampus ML, Kenjiru, and Chatterack, kind of. And, uh, so let's listen to this. This is Jigsaw Sequence featuring Kay Burden. The track is called Never, and this is the Melody Horrors It Doesn't Matter remix. (laughs) So, you say that five times fast, and I'll send you uh, three bucks. Just a game 
And that was Jigsaw Sequence featuring Kay Burden with the track Never. The Melody Whore It Doesn't Matter remix. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Mads Baron Christensen, Prophet of Jupiter, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Lyle And uh, yeah, we got Beckett coming up in just a few minutes. We're probably going to listen to one more track and then uh, we'll talk to Beckett and if you haven't listened to Beckett before he makes cool music that uh, you will enjoy or you should enjoy or that you've already enjoyed okay I'm gonna release this episode today the groupies beyond synth bundle is still available uh, because they extended it by a week so if you haven't got it 
It's still there. Groupies, G-R-O-U-P-E-E-S dot com slash Beyond Synth. You get 12 albums for 4 bucks. I picked the albums. They're all good, and they're a big variety of stuff. So go to G-R-O-U-P-E-E-S dot com slash Beyond Synth. That's groupies dot com slash Beyond Synth. It's just a place where you can get a whole bunch of music at a really awesome price. It's a part of a bundle. So, you know, by the time this airs, you have one more day, and then it stops. So if you haven't got it, uh, get it. And uh, yeah, man, because it's a it's a good deal. And what else? You know what? That's that's it, man. I don't have too much more to say. So let me know. Are you excited about PlayStation 5? Are you excited about Rise of Skywalker with Wedge? Maybe they'll make Wedge the main character. Star Wars Rise of Wedge. <laughs> Wedge Antilles. All right. Well, look, let's listen to one more track and then we will chat with Mr. Beckett. So this is Maximum Love. This will get the energy up because this is a cool song with some cool beats. Uh, If you need to dance, if you're listening to this in the subway right now or at work, you get up and just start uh, punching your fists in the air. That's what I do. Uh, And I'd also like to point out, because I forgot, I forgot to check my notifications here, that, uh, well, this song is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, like like everything that happens at Beyond Synth. And this one's brought to you by Neverman, who upgraded his support. Yeah, that's right. Neverman is now in the $10 club, and he makes cool music, so you should go check him out. And now... Let us listen to Maximum Love with the track Broken Silver Androids.
And that was Broken Silver Androids by Maximum Love from the Under the Shadow album. And that is a cool song, and it gets Andy's thumbs up. (laughs) That's a new thing. I'm giving my thumbs up. So look, I hope you enjoyed the tunes. Now uh, join me as I chat with Beckett. All right. Well, I am here right now with Beckett. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So you are John Beckett. Indeed. That's the one, the only John Beckett. Well, it's probably more John Beckett's yeah. hand. <laughs> I'm here. Let's put it that way. <laughs> cool, man. Well, what's uh, what's going on? Well, working, you know, working for a living, just like uh, Stevie Wonder said. Or was it Tina Turner? I can't remember. What do you do? Well, I'm an engineer, so I... Um, I take care of lots of boring feeds and network traffic and stuff like that. Networking video. So uh, sending feeds all over the world for different football games, different um, events, boxing, whatever it may be. I uh, take care of packets and send all that data to the world. So is there like a facility you go to? Yeah, yeah. Um, I work over in a place called Leeds. Uh, well, it's uh, the city called Leeds. And um, the place I work for is zone. So those guys are um, sports sponsors all over the world. And that's that. That's what I do. <laughs> is that fun? Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, I guess you get to watch the things for free, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get to see what's going down. I get to send it all around the world. And you get to speak to some interesting people. Wait, so are you are you in like a room that has like a bunch of screens? So like you see all the different feeds yeah. that are going on? It's like the Matrix. I, uh, I've just got like, I've literally got six screens in front of me with all different tiles. And I can see feeds from Japan, feeds from Milan, feeds from Canada, feeds from the States. Um, and then wherever they need to go. So the Canadians need to see the NFL and the Japanese need to see the premiership from UK. The guys in Italy need to see the sumo wrestling from Japan. So you've got to fire all around the world. So, you know, you get a request, off it goes. That's how you do it. So when you say you get a request, what does that mean? Well, the platform is basically the Netflix of sport. So they open up a channel and they'll say, on today's channel one out of 50, we've got a football game on, uh, which is the premiership, and it'll be available in these regions, in uh, Germany, in Italy, and Canada. And then those requests come through to us, and we check the feed, and we send it from its source station, so wherever it may be. In this case, probably from the BT Tower in the UK. That gets sent out to wherever it goes from there so it goes straight through to say Milan or it gets a satellite uplink you're sending it just to some main base thing like it's not like you're sending out individual like fucking Patty's Pub wants to watch boxing and you're pressing the button to okay it no no we send it out to major distributors um, so but in this case uh, it's going out to the app so the zone DAZN is the company and they have their own dedicated platform just like Netflix and you pay a subscription and you log on and whichever region you're in you'll be able to see the game highlights or the actual gate live games of the day click on whichever one you want to watch which in ever you know in every kind of genre of sport and you watch it either live or watch it on repeat or uh, or get the highlights or whatever it may be so when that's going out if it's a live game that's what I'm taking care of making sure the feed comes in checking it's all good then it's being sent out via satellite via fiber cable via ethernet whatever it may be sent off to the different countries and uh, that's it and then people pay the subscription and watch it online 
or on their phone or on, you know, or whatever it is on their box at home. I wonder if there is a guy with the exact same job as you, except it's porn. <laughs> oh, man. The uh, the Netflix of porn, eh? That's, uh, that's an interesting one. Maybe. You never know. I've known a guy before that used to work for the Playboy channel years ago, and he got quite desensitized to anything he saw then. Yeah, I actually think that would be a really horrible job. Like, I know it's one of those things that's it's funny to say, but, like, imagine being the guy at one of the major sites, like a Pornhub or something, yeah. who has to delete content that gets uploaded. So you have to watch it before it kind of goes to the feed, and you have to decide whether or not this is, like, obscene or whatever. That job must fucking destroy people. Oh, no. I couldn't... I can't even... Can't even think about it. Jeez. Let's uh, let's keep talking about it then. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for you, you're not going to get destroyed. So you just get to watch uh, boxing and sumo and hockey and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all, all the good stuff. And I tell you, my favorite at the moment is uh, lumberjacks. I get to see that, which is uh, something we don't have in the UK, but it's coming straight in from uh, from the states. I think it's from Nebraska, actually. Is that the one where they like they see who can cut down the tree the fastest? Yeah, I, I've never seen. Well, it's not just trees cutting down; they kind of like they cut chunks into the actual tree and then they slam a board in it and they jump up like eight. oh yeah that's right yeah 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 it's crazy man they climb to the top and they're up there you know it's a good 30 meters in the air and you know swinging around it's like wow wham 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 and cutting bits off the top to say they've won you know yeah crazy chainsaws as well what the hell yeah it's the same as those fucking uh strongman competitions i always find those fascinating when i just turn on and like it's just just a guy lifting big fucking iron yeah. spheres and then they just keep on getting bigger and bigger and they have to like pick them up and sort of like th- throw it on top of a little pedestal or whatever and just like yeah. what a crazy thing this is it's nuts you know they either you know, they either lift it and they survive or they either pass out or blow their colon out one of the two it's too much pressure yeah, so yeah speaking of stuff that gets uh deleted off the websites that was one of the god that fucking image that's one of the three images i saw in the early days of the internet that have uh scarred me jesus that was one of them was uh, a guy a weightlifter yeah i've seen uh seen a weightlifter's leg go the other way nope nope yep. didn't happen yep. this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen john beckett <laughs> yeah exactly ostrich knees that's uh that's the best way of putting it it went the other way mm. yeah that stuff uh i don't think i'm more empathetic than other people but there's certain things i just can't watch mm. and like sometimes where people will share clips of just like here's this weird thing and it like injuries or nah. like gymnasts who like do a little flip and land funny and stuff and people just oh. post it i'm just like i fucking hate that stuff like i just yeah. hate it and it's like when you see people watching it on their phones and you can like they're going oh Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. And you're like, oh, what is it? Sounds, it looks pretty. What is that? Let's have a look. And then they show you with no warning. Yeah. Like, there's, no, there's no, like, indication that you should not watch this. And then you suddenly see someone's, you know, shoulder pop out. Yeah, no, it, I just can't do it. In the early days, it was, uh, I had buddies who would skateboard. And so they'd show the, the skateboard oh. wipeouts when the dudes are, like, riding down on the rail. And then the skateboard flies out and they just land right on their fucking balls. And then, like, flip over. Oh, oh. No, no, no. It's the worst. But look, the point is this, all yes, right? What's the point? You make cool music, and we're going to make sure that the rest of this conversation is uh, pleasant and upbeat, like the tunes that you make. Oh. So I'm going to start playing tracks. I was going to play one from uh, this album you did in 2014 called The Off-World Project. Wow. I tend to do this a lot, and I, I don't know if it upsets artists, but uh, I tend to pick the track that is unlike the other ones on the album. Right, okay, yeah. So the one I really like is is kind of a chip tuny one called Game Over Boy by Beckett.
And that was Game Over Boy by Beckett from 2014. I like the melody of that one, although it is it is unlike uh, anything else you've made, I think yeah, <laughs> it's fair it to say. Yeah, it is fair to say that. I, that's... Uh well, that's going back to the archives five years ago. Mm. I don't even know how how that first album came together. Really, it was when I first discovered what actually synthwave was. I never knew that there was a a name for it out there or a genre for it. And so, like, oh, I'm creating this stuff, and I really want to start putting it out somewhere and getting people interested. And and I think around about that time when I was I just had it all together, and I was like, what do I do with this? And that's when I uh, I found Mitch Murder the first time and uh, Mitch Murder blew me away I couldn't believe it and then I got into that world then I was like well this is actually synthwave this is the genre which we can work with but yeah completely different like you said I mean you know quite a lot of those tracks are a lot different to um, where I'm at now uh, 11 albums later. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, when I first have somebody on the show for the first time, I like to uh, dig deep into the archives. Yeah, go back. The Wayback Machine. Because you do have this kind of sound, and I and I enjoy it. You really capture, and I guess it's sort of fitting that you sort of work in like this thing with like all these TV feeds and stuff, because when I listen to your stuff, you really capture that sort of 80s title sequence ah, sound. Right. Like, it's hard to, I don't know what the word for it is, but whenever I listen to your music, I just picture the 80s television show yeah. that this belongs to and you capture it like perfectly that's great that's great observation i love that and I, and i love that you're feeling that as well with you know it just means that what i've been trying to do is actually rubbing off it's working yeah which is why i decided to play your one chiptune song <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that stuff later yeah but definitely that's what i think of like it's very sort of positive sounding upbeat stuff while i listen to it i can I just picture the people turning around smiling with their names written down there and because uh, there was a, an album you did in 2017 called the Air Games Anthology which sort of again it's like I, I don't want to use the word title sequence but there's this sort of yeah. sound and, and obviously that's the whole theme of that album but they, yeah. I don't know how you even describe like network special event music like I don't know what yeah. you would yeah when I was putting that together it's, someone described it back to me as saying it's more of like a theme tune or an anthem for well more of an anthem for um, like a, a games spectacular like a games event you know there's always a visual element in my head when I'm putting those down and they do link back to you know what it was like to watch you know the winter games or <laughs> what it was like to watch the Olympics and stuff like that I'm thinking yeah that's we've got to capture that and it was more of the networks at the time as well like you know the American networks mostly yeah, ABC and uh, CBS I think it is they did all the kind of sport spectaculars that involved hockey and football and all that stuff and you know we, we were quite limited over in the UK of what we actually saw of that stuff but the stuff we did see that was available was uh, it was just mind-blowing it's like so much detail so much attention to this detail has gone in to make sure these you know you really want to watch the show even if you don't know anything about curling you really wanted to watch it because the, uh, <laughs> the stream just took you away it was brilliant love it yeah nothing disappointing about watching curling oh man <laughs> apparently that's canada's national sport or is it lacrosse well oh, I, they're two very different things yeah two different things i mean yeah you don't really want to throw it a uh, uh, hurling rock at someone, do you? Because uh, in like the cross, you would. It's not going to be end up well. I am not a sporty guy, but the weirdest thing was when I was young. I think for one of our physical education classes, we went to the curling rink, and that's where I got like the biggest bruise of my life. Was just falling on my ass while curling, and I just got this big fucking black bruise on my leg. <laughs> and of curling, of all things, yeah. like of all the sports, like we were ever forced to play, it was like it's was it. stupid. You're just fucking brooming in an ice rink and watching a rock float by like yeah. it's so stupid 
Well, apologies to all my curling fan listeners. Why did you start uh, making tunes? Why? Oof. Oh, man. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you work for? Wow, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a deep one. I don't know why. I've just always been thinking of music in some way. I remember going to school and like taking other people's... Uh, instrumental versions of like i don't know wham i used to listen to a lot when i was a kid mm. taking the instrumental versions and making my own lyrics to it and stuff when i was really small and you know i just grew up with this positive thinking of music like i just always wanted people to feel something from whatever i could create and if it was because of the music it was because of like what i was thinking was what they wanted then uh, it made me feel great i was all, all the way through bands the whatever it may have been back in school and stuff it really did hone me into thinking yeah, this is what I want to do. And I guess that's the main drive. I mean, I'll tell you what, right? John Miles, I don't know if you know uh, the amazing artist John Miles, but he wrote a song called Music. And the, uh, one of the lines is, music was my first love and it will be my last. And I love that. That's something I live by. I think it's, it's beautiful. The idea of being able to fall in love with something that you can create and give to other people is just, yeah, that's what I do it for. Well, so you're like a deep guy. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, just, I say this stuff and people look at me and think, all right, mate, and they just walk off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's listen to some more music, man. Uh, we're going to go forward in time here to 2015. You put out an album called Retrograde, oh. and this is a track called Motorcade. Now, this is a vocal track, but there's also some accompanying vocals by uh, someone called Rachel Jones. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, no, it's uh, Rachel Jones. Fantastic voice. She's, she's amazing. I mean, half the tracks we've done uh, they just wouldn't be a special without her on it. it they're just amazing and live seeing her live man that's a uh, she's just fantastic phenomenal well let's uh yeah let's listen to it this is uh motorcade by
And that was Beckett with the track Motorcade. So Rachel Jones's voice is on there, although that's not like a featuring Rachel Jones because it's kind of like it's your yeah. voice and she's sort of doing kind of uh, backup kind of stuff in that one. Yeah, she brings all of the... Uh, it's like a buddy cop kind of... Uh, scenario both in the the idea of the song and also while i'm singing she's bringing the 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 other side of the the force behind it it's brilliant so do you watch a lot of like retro tv and stuff because obviously the sound you capture is so uh precise yeah i grew up with everything street hawk a team hunter hill street blues i was very into mike post when i was a kid in terms of i think that was one of the first tv composers i ever heard about was Oh my god! This what is this soundtrack? It's amazing, and I found out. Oh, it's written by a guy called Mike Post, and uh, you know it's just unreal. Some of the stuff that comes out, and again, very theme, very anthem, very um, like you said, very uh, network television kind of sounds. And yeah, I've grown up with that all my life. And Miami Vice, obviously, that's in there. I've only uh, discovered Hunter recently, right? And that show is amazing. Yeah, like it's it's kind of trashy but awesome. <laughs> yeah, I always used to love it. I, at the end, I used to. It works for me. The pilot episode, like I literally only watched it for the first time maybe like three four months ago mm. and i laughed my fucking ass off when brian dennehy jumps off the roof like he's he's in this <laughs> fight with brian dennehy and then brian dennehy leaps at him and flies off the roof and dies and like he does this scream in slow motion and <laughs> fucking yeah. hunter just dusts his hands works for me works for <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. That show is actually comforting in a weird way because I never watched it as a kid, but watching it now, uh, the, although the only problem is it's on Amazon Prime, and I think it's another one of those shows that's a victim of once the show goes to a streaming service, they don't have the old music licensed. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. And I don't know this for sure with Hunter, but I've seen it happen with other shows where it's like the show isn't big enough to warrant like you know re-signing all the contracts and putting out like a Blu-ray. Like Miami Vice is like big enough that they did that yeah yeah but i don't think hunter is and so there's a lot of times where there's these music montages where it's like showing the killer's point of view as he's like putting his gloves on it's playing like some rock music yeah and i was watching it going like this music feels incorrect like it didn't feel like it was 80s music because that happened with the baywatch as well i was watching some baywatch and they subbed out all the music and it just feels wrong because i know they're doing it to make the show seem more contemporary right but it um it doesn't quite work yeah i think all the incidental music is the same like all the background music but it's anytime they play a song and do a montage is when like everything gets thrown off i didn't realize it was back on i didn't realize it was on amazon so I'm gonna have to check it out. I love the soundtrack to that. Down the loon down, bam 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 bam, down the loon down, and then the middle part. Down 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 down. Love it. It's it's that's it. That's how it works. You know what I like is the opening. Yeah, where it's got the gun. It's like Yeah, it's got the the delay the delay on the actual sound. Yeah. But it is it is great, and Street Hawk seems relatively untouched because it's got all the the Tangerine Dream music in there. But there's only 13 episodes. Street Hawk again. That's another show I only discovered maybe like last year or the year before, and I was like, "Holy shit! This show is literally every synthwave cliche. Like it's got everything. It is everything. Yeah, it's the Jesse Mark, yeah, Motorcycle <laughs> Cop, <laughs> it's into the line of duty, 
And then, <laughs> and then he, yeah, and he's like, uh, he's the only one to ride Street Hawk. You know, like, there's other test pilots you could add. Why do you got to get an injured motorcycle cop? It's amazing. I love that his name is Jesse Mark. Like, it's it's all perfect. Yeah, like Mark 1, Mark yeah. 2. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. I love it. And it's got the right voice guy doing, like, the, the narration <laughs> and the Tangerine Dream score. Like, the song yeah. is cool. Yeah. I love it. Love it. <laughs> I think what I would love to happen, because, you know, we're in this age of reboots, but all the reboots they're doing are terrible. I'd love to maybe, like, combine a few. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, take, like, Street Hawk and Knight Rider and a bunch of other shows that could theoretically exist in the same universe. Yeah. Because, like, Street Hawk and Knight Rider could totally be in the same world. Like, oh, it's... Totally, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same with, like, um, the DC universe, and you've got, like, I know, the Arrow, and you've Supergirl, and you've got the Flash, you know, and all those guys, and they all they all just, like, have crossover episodes. Like, you could do that quite easily. You could have Knight Rider, he's off on his quest, doing what he's doing, and then suddenly Street Hawk, like, shoots across on, on the, the motorway, you know? Yeah, man, that'd be the, the fucking Knight Rider cinematic universe. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah, that would be amazing, because, like, Street Hawk made me so happy when I discovered it because it's so stupid but it's amazing yeah the lead guy has got such a funny kind of look on his face <laughs> he's a funny lead yeah get Airwolf as well can you obviously yep that Airwolf would work as well that would work amazing I mean technically a lot of those shows could exist in the same I mean I would even believe like A-Team existing in the same universe yeah. is, uh, like the only one that wouldn't is like Miami Vice is more like kind of well yeah. kind of realistic so yeah like, that probably wouldn't that wouldn't fit you never know Magnum P.I. might do <laughs> You know what I love about Hunter is just how lumbering Fred Dreyer is. Yeah. <laughs> Even in like the title sequence when he's when he's doing his like cop pointing a gun pose. Yeah. He's like Frankenstein. Like it's hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, man. It seems he just seems awkward with his weapon all the time. He's just like no matter if it's like a, a handgun or if he's picked up a bit of wood or yeah. whatever. <laughs> he, he's to take out the guys, you know. I love that though. You know when people have like a certain TV persona and then you just forget. You know, when you get so used to their persona that, like, yeah, these people are actors. Like, they don't... Yeah. You know, this guy probably is really uncomfortable, like, doing all this stuff, but he's playing, like, tough cop guy. Yeah. He's got a big receding hairline as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's intense. Yeah. For me, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, right? And so there's... In the old days, there was these episodes in the 70s when the Doctor worked with this thing called Unit, which is, like, this military organization. Yeah. And uh, there's the lead guy, the brigadier, and he's, like, you know, this general dude. But then whenever you'd see him run, he'd, like, run with, like, a pigeon toe kind of thing like where you could tell like he's not comfortable running <laughs> right <laughs> and so like whenever there'd be wide shots it always looks like he's about to fall because like it's just like running's not his deal yeah and so i always I, that always reminds me that whenever i see actors who are like in tough guy roles and that's the same yeah. feeling that came back to me when i saw fred dreyer with a gun because he's he's just he's like lurch i watched um the third uh, escape plan the other day with uh, sylvester stallone mm. oh man he's awesome but his running days are over. Let's put it that way. Wait, there's um, a third? Yeah, there's a third. <laughs> yeah, sorry to be the one to break that to you, but yeah, oh, there's no. It's, uh, <laughs> it's better than the second. Let's put it that way. There's a second? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, no. Let's just write that one off. That one was bad. Mm. But yeah, his running days are done. I mean, he still looks the part. He's still got, you know, he's still got the voice. He's still doing everything he needs to do. But yeah, you see him try to run. And it's not even like the building's exploding. So he's just like casually sauntering across a lawn with like all these machine guns going off and it just doesn't look right. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. There's that thing that kind of older guys do. I noticed it too with like uh, Harrison Ford and like the last Star Wars movie. Yeah. You know, where like they puff themselves up like an old, those bodybuilders from like the 20s. <laughs> yeah. But you can still tell they've got like a belly 
and like they're just trying to hide it by like puffing their chest up and their run is more of just sort of a shaking the arms around so it looks like yeah. you can totally tell like there's movement there but you know you just you, you, he's not <laughs> <running>. <laughs> um well look we're gonna uh, we're gonna move forward here to 2016 all right right you put out an album called prime time uh yeah so linking linking straight into the tv kind of world yeah, and this might be my favorite uh, Beckett track. It's called The Mitch, <laughs> and uh, I love this track, and we're going to listen to it right now, man. This is The Mitch by Beckett.
And that was Beckett with the track The Mitch. And I'm here with Beckett right now. How's it going, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm good. I love that song. I, that's the song I, uh, I don't know why. I dance, uh, my daughter and I danced to that song. Oh. I, I don't know why. Because <laughs> when I pick her up and spin her around, you know, when it when the guitars come in? Yeah. That's yeah. like the song I play? That's great. That's, that's it. Magical. That is, that's magical. I always have like one song for like my kids. Uh, when my son was young, I used to listen to this. There was this uh, weird psychedelic spacey synth band from France called Milkways. Okay. And they've got this great song that's kind of like, it kind of reminiscent of popcorn in a way. Right. And it's right. so awesome. Uh, and so I, I used to play that and it would, it would be like my son's theme song when he was a kid. I made like this little video and I use that as the track and then for, for my daughter it's the Mitch I play the Mitch <laughs> it's pretty touching thanks man so tell me about this well the Mitch well I don't know as a, as a whole concept I think the the whole album was based on the idea of TV shows that if I was writing theme tunes for that's what they would be so um, like, I don't know, the, the cover, I kind of made it into like a TV guide and then you can kind of see the, the name of the song and it, that's kind of describing what the TV show would be. There's a little nod to Hunter in there as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the Mitch was one of those that came along and it was more of a, um, a friendly romantic comedy uh, kind of sitcom kind of thing. So it just came out of that really. And um, that's that. I don't know why I called it the Mitch. I think it's because... Uh, it's kind of like a bit of a head nod to Mitch Murder as well. There's a little bit of the drum riff, kind of the break, what I call the Mitch break. And there's uh, it's like a an offbeat snare. I love that little break he does. He does it in quite a few of his tracks. And I thought, right, yeah, here you go. I'll put it in there and just give him a head nod. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of him. So <laughs> do you have to be in a certain like headspace? Like when you're sitting there in front of the, your equipment and like making tunes and stuff, like yeah. is this just always what comes out of you? Or do you have to purposefully be like, <laughs> like most of your music has that sort of tone. Yeah. Like, are you always in that mood? Uh, I would say I'm, I'm a pretty uh, happy guy got a good set of things going on in life which I feel good about and I would say that I have to be in the right mood sometimes you do get writer's block I've sat down in front of all the synths and stuff and you'd be there and you go right okay I'm gonna let's do it I've got some time let's go for it today I'm gonna make a tune and then by the end of it I've just eaten like five bags of Doritos and some chicken wings and that's about it yeah <laughs> you know you kind of got you got to be in the right frame of mind and some days I'm uh, I'll be walking along you know see something and I was like ah oh, that's that's yeah take that and then I kind of go back and work that idea or something I've recorded on my phone or whatever it may be. And I tell you what is useful is I feel like there's a lot of movement and a lot of work I get done quite rapidly once I've got the concept. Like with Air Games, it was the original 1984 Air Games, which um, I worked with Mike Mendoza and we put together like a, uh, a little EP thing we put out there. And once I got that vibe, that feel for that kind of network TV, that's exactly what I wanted to do for the others. I've got one or two other things that sound quite Miami Vicey, like the track Vice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's, <laughs> yeah, brilliant naming schemes, I tell you. Um, but there's a few tunes on there which I thought, like, yeah, you know, this this actually feels like I'm listening to you know one of those CDs you'd get for 19.95. Order now, you get seven CDs of music you've not heard on TV before. How great yeah, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, one of those things not available in stores, that kind of thing. I thought, well, this is it. This is what I'm going to go for. It's the same thing with some of the other albums. Um, Retrograde was more about tunes you kind of have on at the arcade 
speed or in on your Walkman or uh, when I used to meet up with my friends and stuff we used to go to a place called the Tropicana which was a uh, an outdoor pool area and uh, you just kind of go in and you sit down you, you watch the girls go by you swim for a bit you just have some good times with your mates and those kind of tunes were it was what inspired me that feeling so each album has a uh, apart from Offworld the idea was to try to get something together that was going to be a bit more of a cohesive a new sound that I was trying to put together and then obviously I found my, my way after that and it was kind of like right I'm introduced to this new world here I am so yeah it's got to have the right concept it's got to have the right feel that allows me to sit there and sometimes I even have on my uh, on, on Log- I use Logic to uh, compose and I have like three or four projects open at the same time because I'll be doing a really good like you know a hi-hat riff or something on the uh, the, the pads or I'll be playing the bass and uh, then suddenly you go oh that's not right for this tune but flick to the other track bosh that's a good bass line or a little scent pit you can put in it sounds great for that tune you know yeah yeah, yeah. it's not always a, uh, a one shot deal sometimes I am working on three or four tunes at the same time because they're all in the same headspace they're all in the same kind of instrumentation layout as well which is how I write is uh, a lot of bass and um, and rhythm work first uh, with a with simple melody and then I work from there but that idea of the instrumentation set being the same I used to remember hearing certain albums where you'd have you know the studio band the band would go in it would sound every track would sound they had the same kind of you know timbre whereas you know the tunes would be completely different but they're still using only those sets of instruments sometimes that was quite appealing but you know and that's what i kind of took from that so right i'm gonna work in this kind of same zone and just go right this track is part of the concept the album is this this is the concept and we're going to keep with these instrument sets so you know i wouldn't suddenly put in a, a saxophone for no reason i'd have it linked in with the actual sound of what's going on more killer and not filler that's what i work on that's <laughs> see that's my catchphrase too ah, yeah. I, uh, I've, I've ended every show with that for 200 episodes 200 man yeah i just go uh <laughs> more killer less filler was that it that's what i say that's it that's what you say it's good i should actually write that down that's actually a lot cooler than my catchphrase which is nothing yeah <laughs> Well, look, man, I want to, uh, we're, we're talking about it, so let's listen to a track from uh, Air Games Anthology. Mm. Um, this was one that I dug. This is Air Games 88 by Beckett.
And that was Air Games 88 by Beckett. And I'm here right now with John Beckett. Indeed. We're just talking about uh, writing songs and uh, the Beckett technique. Beckett technique. That's, uh, that sounds quite painful, that Beckett technique. Well, that depends. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought you were going to do the uh, an Air Games like the announcer. I thought you were going to do that kind of voice because I think that would really suit you. I don't think I have that kind of voice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You just got to make it a bit lower and... Uh you could do that. I think you could do that. Because someone asked me to do that for a project they were doing that was like a, a like a wave race type game. Oh, right. Okay. I forget what artist this was. They were doing like a concept album that was to sound like, I think, wave racy. Yeah. And they had a sample that someone had already done for them. And I was like, this sounds so much better than I would do. It wasn't you, was it? No. No, it wasn't me. No, no, no. no it was someone else. It was, it, yeah, cause I, I don't remember I, <laughs> over the years, but someone like reached out and they said, can you do this? And then the sample they had, they're just like, oh, this is just my friend. And I'm like, dude, your friend's doing this better than I could. Because it's a certain type of voice, yeah. you know, for all of these things. And I think with this project, with, uh, with Air Games, it's a certain type of voice. If you're doing like the announcer of like a video game yeah. from like the 90s, there's a certain type of voice. Yeah. And I don't think I have any of those. Yeah, it's pretty sweet though, their voice. It's got a lovely uh, bass tone to it i like it that's uh, all because of this microphone oh keeps me uh keeps me awake at night that voice it's good seriously because in real life there's no bass in my voice i sound like a mouse mouse they have, they have mice over there in leads yeah of course yeah we got mice we got mice i've seen a few yeah <laughs> <laughs> Mice are fucked up, man. Yeah. We had to put some traps in my kitchen. They they can move vertically. Yeah, they can climb walls. They can eat through cables. They can even shatter glass if they need to. It's that verticality that I find so bizarre. Like, there'll be this pipe, and it's not a ladder, but somehow, like, they just sort of float upwards. Like, it doesn't even look right, like, the way that they fly upwards. Right up a drain pipe. Yeah, and I don't get it. Like, do they have just really sticky feet? I think they just, because uh, they're light, they uh, power to weight ratio, that kind of thing. They bounce from one side to another really quickly. You just don't see it. I don't know about this power to weight ratio. I'm not much of a scientist. Yeah, nor am I. I just uh, I thought that Hey, would... man, you knew the term power to weight ratio. That already makes you fucking cleverer than me. I heard some other guy said the other day. Don't worry about okay. that. <laughs> yeah. I was watching curling. Yeah. So what do you do? Uh, what do you do for fun, man, when you're not making tunes? Or is tunes your fun? Well, tunes, that's, that's my fun as well as my, uh, that's my passion as well as my curse. It's all in there. What I do for fun? I, I try to play some games now and again. I like to keep up on the games kind of side of things, see what's out there in the world. I love watching films. I love a lot of different media. So yeah, basically sitting in my chair, getting fat, eating food, watching films. That's great. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm in the studios. Just working, 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 working for you. Well, that's fun. I like to live vicariously through other people because I don't really get the opportunity to do the same type of getting lost in media that I used to. Hmm. Why do you think that is? Kids. Kids. Oh, okay. Because uh, the way our apartment is, it's basically like one big room yeah. um, with some bedrooms like on the side. So like my office, my talk show set, my living room is the same room. Oh. So <laughs> the fact that my wife puts up with this, that I've uh, I've turned half of the room into a talk show set, and it's just sort of like, I'm like a big kid. Um, <laughs> but for me, I really need focus. Like when I like a movie or a TV show, I like focus. Right. And so kids have to be asleep for that. And then when the kids are asleep, usually I'm tired. So that ends up being the, the thing because like I'm a I'm a watch movies in a dark room kind of guy and I want everyone to shut up so I can like 
focus, which mm. is why I hate the theater. Yeah. Because, like, people, the noise people make, like, really gets to me. Yeah. How do people eat like that? I don't get it. Like, they're in the theater. They sound like they're chomping on, like, celery for the entire... I just don't get it. What bothers me is it's understood in society that you don't do that. Like, it's not like a surprise. When people go to the theater yeah. and it's like, don't talk, it's it's not a surprise. Like, we know this is, like, a facet of polite society that you when you go to the theater, you watch the movie. And I, and I keep assuming that. Like, I'm like, okay, people know this. Like, they know they're not supposed to do this. It's like saying please and thank you. It's like there's just certain things we know, and if someone doesn't say please or thank you, you know, there's sort of this look you can give other people like, oh, what's this fucking guy? like rude piece of shit didn't say thanks or like when you open the door for somebody and they don't say anything it's sort of like what the fuck like you, you're just supposed to say something it doesn't matter if you didn't appreciate it or not it's like yeah. that's what being polite is about exactly so when I go to the theater and people are talking and eating loud it almost confuses me because I'm like okay you know you're not supposed to do this and you know the reason is it makes everyone else mad it, it really upsets me I just, <laughs> I just, I just uh, it's so upsetting like they should know better they should do they're noisy disgusting when I was younger one of my first proper full time jobs was working in the theatre mm. you start off you know you start off in a cinema on the uh, the ground level you go around picking up the popcorn and then you work your way up and finally you get to like maybe a projectionist or something and you know you work your way up through but I remember I left and uh, I got a, another job and I started my career and it was really good and I came back and uh, my friend was still there and yeah I just remember like walking in and there was a group of people that were cleaning the screen like I used to do many years ago and there was just this guy stood in a hazmat suit picking up sick and putting it into a bin and you're like <laughs> Yeah, we got to we got to get you out of that, and uh, we got to get changed up because uh, that's not good. <laughs> so yeah, but what I'm saying is, uh, how can people? You know, you, you could you could get through. If you don't have to sit there and stuff your face. Again, I love eating food, and, but I'm quite respectful when I go to the cinema. I'm very quiet. I just like to sit down, get a good chair, get a good view. But nah, it doesn't always work out like that. You suddenly get people behind you decide that hey, it's a free-for. We can text, we can we can talk, we can uh, throw stuff around, we can crawl on the floor, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, it's just weird. Cause, I mean, honestly, like, the only thing that I do that's maybe, you know, kind of questionable when I'm at the theater yeah. is I will always go there, throw up, and then grab my pop and just fucking whip it at the screen and then punch whoever is next to me, even if I don't know them. But that's it. Like, that's all I do that's bad. Yeah, and, you, you know, people wouldn't consider that bad. They'd just be like, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. It's normal. Get on with it. You know, then I might stand up and just just take a leak like right into the uh, right into the aisle, yeah, and then giggle as I watch it flow down to the front of the theater, and then I just sort of walk out. I mean, like that to me is fine, yeah. But all these other people are animals. The animals, man, animals every day. <laughs> animals every day. Every day. <laughs> I want to move forward, in, or, I, or I guess we're not moving forward in time, but we're going to listen to a track from the album Five. Ah, five, yes. And this was one you did with uh, with Oceanside '85. This track is called "Take It to the Danger Zone" by Beckett.
And that was Take It to the Danger Zone by Beckett featuring Oceanside 85. And I am here right now with Mr. John Beckett. Indeed. Here Ooh, I am. I just heard like a chime. Was that me or you? I don't have my phone. I'm a professional. <laughs> oh, shit. It's fucking Mike, too. He's fucking messaging me. Close. <laughs> hey, fuck off, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's a good guy. I like Mike. Yeah, he's all right. So, uh, what have you uh, like? Do you get much inspiration from like listening to music and stuff? Like, what what kind of stuff have you been listening to lately? I'm really digging my synth pop at the moment, my city pop kind of style. I've been uh, going through the old archives of like the early '80s of uh, Japanese pop kind of stuff. I've been you know Toshiki Katamatsu and Tatsuro Yamashita and all these guys, Cassiopeia, T Square, all the classics because. There's some really interesting moves going on in there. The chord sequences alone are mind-blowing. That's the stuff that sort of influenced the newest, the tapeless? Yeah, so it's... it's very, very city pop inspired, obviously, and uh, all of that kind of high quality. <laughs> I don't know if that rings off in my my work, but the high quality musicianship of uh, like J pop and stuff like that. I mean, it's not all bubbly anime kind of city pop kind of stuff. It's more the stuff I'm on about. It's more about you know you get seven or eight top class musicians that are really pulling out all the punches. They're just changing up chords every few bars. They're just going crazy with some amazing production skills. And uh, I really, I really enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed listening to these kind of things I've been listening to them for many years but really give it focus in the past few years what is the definition of city pop my city pop might not be exactly what city pop is in the in the world like it's end of the 70s 80s it was kind of like really high production and really complex almost like alternative music um, in terms of structures a bit of funk some kind of soft rock ballad kind of influences as well normally with like really strong uh, male lead or female lead obviously but uh, mostly the male leads and giving it that kind of funky sound like the only thing i can describe it which i would have come across when i was a kid would have been one of the all-star bands of all time for me level 42 so those guys british band and they were very high precision with what they were doing and uh, i kind of love that element and it's been you know obviously adopted more to be based around urban culture city life city living that kind of idea and it's got a fun twist you were saying before like there's a lot of a lot of my tunes are very upbeat and very fun and I find it very hard to write dark synth or anything like that so I go the other way and city pop just it just feels good J-pop kind of stuff it feels like a fusion of funk and soul and a bit of pop and 80s culture all in one feels good puts a pep in your step yeah pep in my step that's a good that's a, that's a catchphrase right there yeah man I'm trying to come up with new ones yeah put it on a shirt pep in a step I should fucking sell a shirt. Yeah, it'd be a good idea. Great. I gotta get into the fucking the big time, big time, big leagues, making some sweet cash, and I gotta make some shirts. I think there actually are shirts. Never mind. Mm. I don't run the Beyond Synth shop. It's like my web guy. I don't even know when I make sales. Just happens. So you got a web guy? Well, no. I say I like to say that because it sounds professional. Like dude called uh, Mike Rezel who designed the Beyond Synth uh, website. Right. He's just a very kind guy. So I like to call him my web guy when he is just a web guy who helps me. What a hero. That guy sounds great. He is. Mike Rezel, R-E-Z-L. If you need a website, go to MikeRezel.com. But if you're looking for fun city pop jams, go to JohnBeckett.org. <laughs> Am I right? Close enough. <laughs> uh, ProjectBeckett.uk, that's the one. Mm. Yeah, you know, we get that. So you mean Beckett isn't an organization? Not, not yet. We're getting there. At the moment, I feel like um, Shredder in the early days. I didn't have the Foot Clan, but then I got the Foot Clan and they, they joined and then... So Beckett's going to be like 
the next Foot Clan. How did you feel about the Foot Clan being played by people in the uh, in the live action film instead of robots like they were in the cartoon? Well, it's funny enough, I watched this the other day. I watched the original again. The last time I probably saw it was when I was at the cinema years and years ago when I was a kid. And, you know, I felt it was kind of crazy with the bug eyes. They looked a bit odd and they freaked me out a bit. But I think it was, uh, it was a good move because it kind of grounded it a bit more. And it sounds weird that the robot kind of element was, it was always quite throwaway, I thought, in terms of, the, you know, these indispensable, well, dispensable, sorry, robots that could just be like smashed up and trashed and that was it. This way, you actually see the, the plight of what's going on. These kids kids are being turned into like these trained art martial artists that will that will lay down their life for the the law of the foot clan you know and you, you think shit and the shredder still doesn't care he doesn't give a damn about these kids he just all he cares about is the loyalty of the foot and uh it doesn't matter if it's robots <laughs> or if it's people you know for him they're just the same they're interchangeable but you know the real story is these these kids you know they got beaten up by like mutant turtles i mean come on man that's got to be life-changing right there like even if you get away and you're still alive and the turtles haven't killed you i I don't think they kill anyone actually i think they just really mess them up but you know they get away and how's that gonna be you're gonna be in you you know you're in casualty for a few days getting your leg reset or whatever it may be or popping your arm back in for my north american listeners casualty is the er ah the er of course What, what an amazing theme tune ER. Mike Mendoza loves that fucking song. Oh, he loves it. Uh, Any opera- it is a good song, though, to be beautiful, fair. Beautiful. Sax kicks in, which is a bit weird. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. well, but you know what else is a good song? Is uh, from this album, uh, Outrun the Skyline. Uh, there's this track called Double the Impact, which I dig, and uh, we're going to listen to that because uh, it's cool. This is uh, Double the Impact by Beckett.
And that was Beckett with the track Double the Impact. And I am here right now with Mr. John Beckett, straight from the Beckett Foundation at johnbeckett.gov. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. See, you're, you're out of sight, man. That's amazing. I'm not uh, I'm not trying to mislead anybody here, but uh, if they go to johnbeckett.net, they're going to see some fantastic photos. <laughs> fantastic, yeah. That's, uh, that was my summer collection. So, yeah, Double the Impact. <laughs> Why did you choose Double the Impact out of all of those? Just out of curiosity. Well, I do a weird thing on this program, mm. and, uh, and I'm never going to explain myself. No, the, <laughs> I just... <laughs> I don't know. I'll listen to an album. I, I always use Celerect LA Dreams as my example. Okay. Where he has a particular sound. Yeah. And so when you listen to a Celerect album, you're like, okay, this is Celerect LA Dreams. And so for some reason, I always pick the track that is sort of like not like the other ones. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's just what always happens in my head, which is weird because I, I think more accurately, I should probably pick a track that's very indicative of the album. But for some reason, I do the opposite. Like when I played your Game Boy song. Yeah. It's like... People listening to a track like The Mitch or Air Games 88 are going to get more of a sense of, like, this is the Beckett sound. And then for some reason, I go, like, I want to listen to Double the Impact. So that's... That's great. No, that's a really interesting idea, actually, because it does open up exposure to tracks that they don't strike as hard as some of the other tracks on the album, like, you know, say, uh, well, for Outrun the Skyline, maybe uh, Get to Know You or... Well, that was the other one I was going to play from it. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I don't like to be like, you know, I like to maintain that a lot of the tracks I play on the show are like my personal taste. So yeah. I'm not one of the sheep. You yeah. understand? So when I go to Bandcamp, I don't just look at what everybody else likes and go, I guess that's my favorite song. No, I listen to the goddamn album and I choose my own favorites. Interesting. Which often end up being everyone else's. Have you ever thought about when you listened to the silence that was on an album? Now, that sounds like a crazy question. What I mean is, Something that I believe that the 2000, you know, 99, 2000 generation, whatever they're called these days, those guys, they're not going to appreciate this, but they have the ability to build playlists like our old mixtapes in the back in the day, playlists and playlists and playlists and playlists and no problem. It just jumps from one to another, to another, to another, and you just keep on going. It's all fine. I remember something back in the day, which is why the concept of a concept album always rings with me. You just listen to the silence in between the tracks. So let's just say in this case, I used to listen to a lot of tape and a lot of vinyl, and I always used to know the exact amount of seconds from the end of one track to another into maybe, I don't know, Sting when I was a kid. I listened to a lot of Sting and Level 42. I listened to a lot of Level 42. And, and I used to know that on the tape, between Lessons in Love and Tracy, there was like a, a four-second hiss that had a little blip in the middle of it because of the, the tape was old and warped or whatever. And I just... Those little moments, I kind of miss that. And I miss the idea of playing an album from front to end, you know, all the way through. I mean, you can do that, definitely, but it's more of a, a case today. Today's, like, you know, availability of media. You have to set that up to be specifically running from the one to nine in the order that the artists put it on the album. And you've got to listen to it in its entirety. It's difficult. You know? I've never really been an album guy. Hmm. So back to when I was young, I was always making mixtapes, uh, listening to mixtapes. And even now, I just usually pick my favorite tracks from an album. Right. But I do remember the shift when we went from cassettes to CDs that I remember it ruined, you know, sometimes certain songs would blend into other songs. Yeah. I remember when, when CDs first came out, 
And I think they got it later, but like the blend wasn't as seamless because you would still hear like a pause as it flipped to the next track. Yeah, you know, you completely went dead because the track was physically skipping on. Yes, and the same thing happened with DVD movies, whereas on DVD there was always a weird pause halfway through the movie where it like flipped sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I always used to get annoyed. Like I would memorize where those were, especially with like the Lord of the Rings movies because I had those on DVD. And so like every movie was already split into two DVDs on the extended editions and each side would also have its moment where the screen froze before it loaded the next side blu-ray got rid of that which is nice yeah. but so um i used to listen to a lot of depeche mode uh those are most of the tapes i i listened to were depeche mode tapes so right uh, on violator yeah. at the end of enjoy the silence oh. there's like this really long thing that happens after that song which is sort of kind of like this yeah. distant sort of noise kind of thing that like slowly sort of flows and then goes into policy of truth i think it was yeah so those were the sort of things that on cd sometimes they would even make that a separate track yeah you know or like on some nine inch nails albums they do that where there'd be like the weird ambient middle thing that was between songs but yeah. when i was listening on cassette it's like it wasn't a track you know what i mean like it was just this weird non-thing that just yeah. sort of was in between uh, interlude or something even to call it interlude is weird you know because it's yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't written on the tape it was sort of like is this the end of enjoy the silence or is this the start of policy of truth like i've never yeah it was never defined and then when cds came out they sort of defined those things because you could skip over them but what about now if you listen to that same if you got that same album on say itunes or you know spotify or whatever i don't think it's right? there not like i think my my cd or like the versions i had well <laughs> hold on let me go into my playlist here yeah and just see because to be honest with you though i pretty much only listen to like kind of indie electronic music right nowadays like that's been it like when i started you know this show and getting into the synthwave scene yeah it is pretty much all i listen to so occasionally i'll put on like a depeche mode track or something but really it's mostly this stuff and so i very rarely touch my like music playlist like my original one see i i do listen to specific artists i think in in the synthwave scene but i in in some way i don't listen to a lot of synthwave like in one sitting because i feel like it could influence me in a new way I don't want to end up sounding I'm not saying I would copy anyone I'd never dream of doing that but you know there would be more influences that would kind of detract from my original kind of influences if you know what I mean it would kind of go oh I'm now making synthwave with synthwave influences whereas I make my synthwave listening to you know the stuff I, I grew up with the kind of nostalgia vision you know the stuff I like yeah 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 no that that's definitely I, I understand that mm. thought process from artists I'm just looking at my playlist now Violator Enjoy the Silence is 6 minutes and 13 seconds so I think the thing is on the end of that song because I'm pretty certain it ends at like 4 minutes and then there's just this kind of yeah. thing what I'm saying is I mean is there moments where you kind of miss that because there's a whole series of pe people, uh, generations of people that have instant access to everything. And I don't know if something gets lost in translation there. But but I would say this, though. The silence you're talking about yeah. wasn't actual silence. No. Right? Because there was a sound, right? Like the tape made a sound. Yeah. And so there is something about it... 
I don't know, something that made the album like cohesive. It was like yeah. even when music wasn't playing, there was this underlying hiss of the tape or whatever that sort yeah. of binded everything together. It's almost like they've stood out, they've, they've gone out of the studio for a minute to have a beer and they've come back and it's like the next yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting thought. I mean, it's it, for me, it's a little weird because I've always been like, I've always picked my favorites. And when I used to listen to albums, yeah. it wasn't so much about the experience of the album more than just it's all I had like I didn't have a lot of cash yeah so anytime I listened to music it was either because I borrowed it from somebody else yeah or it was like the one Depeche Mode album I bought that year because I had 15 bucks or something like because I never had any money yeah same here I mean uh, you know there's the reason why there are some tunes which obviously they're not the top singles of that album whatever but as because you had that one album you bought of Sting in like 1990 for a birthday present you didn't want to waste your money and you bought Sting and you thought okay I'm going to listen to this I'm listening and I don't care if I like it or not it's going from front to back many many times over until I've got the plays out of it and then you realize that you know four or five years down the line when you've still got no money and you're still listening to the same album you actually love every track because you've made yourself really enjoy it I'm not saying it is bad because there are some great great tunes I have on that album but I've still got it to this day I had more of an opposite experience because now that I have so much music yeah. I've become very vigilant about removing stuff that is not my favorite ah, okay. in, the, in the early days yeah like I would I'd keep all the tracks and I'd be like you know and then I started to think one day about all the bands I listen to and go, well, do I like this song? Mm. Or do I just like this song because it was bookended by better songs? Yeah. And yeah. then I just get rid of them because I'm like, I've got, you know, my synthwave playlist is fucking 35 days long. Cool. So that thing, that thing needs to be culled. Like there needs to, I need to go through there and just, and I try, but it's a lot of work. Like I can only listen to like a few songs at a time. And, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I go, do I like this one? And you know, whatever. But I did it with my old music as well. Yeah. It just depends. Depeche Mode is the one band that I like the majority of their music. Is that because, like, I mean, not same because, you know, you, you love Depeche Mode but I mean do you think there's a strong element of your love for them is because you had the one album and you listened over and over and then when you got the next album you listened over and over and over and you pushed yourself into loving everything about them and it becomes more of a a greater love as for them as a whole. I know I think it's I think it's literally I like the sound of his voice and I like the melodies. Mm. I like lyrically that they're never too like they're they're not super obvious but they're not like cringy. Like sometimes there's people who write lyrics where you, you really hear the lyrics and then yeah. you go, Ugh, I don't like this. Like Depeche Mode writes lyrics that they don't offend me. Like they just sort of float there. They don't really yeah. mean anything specific to me when I hear them. Yeah. And the melodies are nice. They always pick weird uh, instruments to use and samples to use which sort of set them apart from other like mainstream kind of pop group things like Depeche Mode there's always something weird about every song <laughs> yeah even the ones that are like the hits it's like there's still some weird like why is there some like reverberating like fucking ukulele sound in the back of this song like you know it's just why not it doesn't yeah <laughs> Um, look, though, we got to listen to another track and then we'll keep talking. Okay. So why don't we just listen to this one now, man? Because we talked about it. This is a Get to Know You from Outrun the Skyline by Beckett.
And that was Beckett with the track Get to Know You. And I'm here right now with Mr. John Beckett. Thank you. Artist extraordinaire. Uh, and, thank, uh, you. thank you. Too kind. That's a cool one. It's got some like uh, vocoder vocal things going on. Oh, yeah. Vocoder, talk box, tube down your throat, that kind of stuff, you know. That's what you like to do? Oh, yeah. You know, who doesn't? Who, who doesn't like a good tube down their throat? <laughs> I mean, come on. Is uh, this a euphemism? <laughs> well, it's whatever you want it to be, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but um, I, I love that kind of sound. I love uh, like Herbie Hancock, Stevie Wonder, you know, that kind of early vocal box, which was, you know, the loudspeaker inside an airtight seal with a tube that you stick in your face and start sounding like Peter Frampton. Yeah, sir, I say, uh, yeah, I, I use the term vocoder pretty broadly. Yeah, no, vocoder as well. Yeah. You know, the okay. difference of that is the, the keyboard is generating the, uh, the sound and it's kind of modulated with your voice. Whereas the voice box is a speaker that you play whatever you want through a guitar, keyboard, and the sound is actually modulated and sounds that kind of robotic sound through your actual mouth. So you fire the sound into your mouth, then you mic up your microphone with your mouth. I see. So it's yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's two different sounds, but you know, putting them together, they they blend really well. Sounds great. And yeah, as you said. It's a long story explaining it, but, you know, it's in there. Yeah, that's cool. So what what else is going on, man? What's the future hold for Beckett? You got some cool plans? Yeah, the future. Well, I'm working on a, a new City Pop album, um, and I'm working on a new Synthwave album. The last one, the Tapeless, kind of merged both. And, I, you know, when I put it onto whatever it is, Bandcamp, all the other places, it was like, it's a City Pop Synthwave album. And I feel like now I'm, I'm more comfortable with actually, I actually, I think I can define City Pop with my style. And I can define synthwave of my style. So I'm going to, I've got both of those coming at some point. You know, it's just time. You know, you just get in the right zone, get in the right mood, starting to think about these things. So I'm writing those and I'm working towards more live gigs. We played, uh, we, we did a, a live festival, a headlined a festival actually in Preston a few months ago, um, which was awesome. So we're taking Becky on the road. What festival was that? This was the Winge Fest, which was set up by the band Winge in uh, Princeton. Yeah, it was a fantastic day. They had like loads of bands on all the way through, and uh, we uh, we headlined the the electro set. It was strange because a lot of people in Preston haven't heard of synthwave, but what they did know is that they liked it. <laughs> well, that's the common thread, man. It's just figuring out how to get it to people. Someone did shout synthwave forever it was almost like a guy at the back of the room like miles away so I just heard synthwave forever he's like oh yeah <laughs> alright that's great can't believe that guy stole my catchphrase <laughs> so yeah we got uh, we got some gigs coming up uh, hopefully there could be some big moves going on in um, in Birmingham we don't know yet we're still waiting Ooh, off so, to play a show in Birmingham maybe yeah we, we really want to get out there and do more I want what I really really would like is to find a really nice promoter that wants to put on an awesome synthwave night that is huge as big as budget as say what the uh, the guys at the midnight you know those guys what they get you know something like that yeah North. have fun with that that's uh <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah it'll be lovely it'll be it'll be really good to go and see them play actually or what i'd like to see is a lot more of the independent guys i'm not saying that the midnight is not independent but you know they've got to a point now where they are recognized they are big and it's it's great for them and i'm not saying otherwise i just think it would be nice to have uh, a venue and a and a strategy behind it that is just as big but with people that are coming up through the scene. Well, you know, those, uh, like the Retro Future Fest and the Outlands and stuff, I mean, that's... Uh, They're coming on. They, they really are. I like those. Because, I mean, like, when we did the... 
we when they set up outland yes. uh toronto that i attended yeah yeah it was cool because even for because th- there was the dude they have doing visuals and that's really cool because then some of the artists like who normally wouldn't have all these like projections and stuff behind them and then that guy handled it and so it really adds like this production value to the thing and yeah you have like the lighting rig that's there for everybody and yeah yeah i think it's pretty cool because yeah it's some of those things about putting on like a live show it's all that presentation stuff and yeah. unfortunately it requires requires lots and lots of money and you have to be yeah, big yeah. to afford it yeah or you have to have so much money that you just throw it into whatever you want to do follow your dreams that's what we all need see i've always been looking for an angel investor or a uh, yeah a oil baron and there needs to be like a synthwave oil baron who just yeah. goes like hey i've got uh, you know a hundred thousand dollars to spend and i need needs to be a tax write-off and like okay well we'll go to the fucking beckett foundation and we'll just yeah. put on a show yeah definitely I'd do that. I'd do that. I'd do that every day of the week. Well, for hundred grand, then you would do, wouldn't you? Listen, I've, I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again. The second an oil baron offers me a ton of money, yeah. and all I have to do is say, like, Exxon presents Beyond Synth. Like, I'll do it in a second. Up here. Yeah. Put on a t-shirt. I will, man. That's going on the shirt. It'll just be a picture of a bunch of fucking seals covered in oil and, like, just me smiling. Greasy seals. Yeah. It always has to be a deal with the devil. That's the whole point. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, right, they make it sound like this deal with the devil is an easy thing to, to oh, well, it's a devil's deal. And you're like, well, you know what? He's not knocked on my door. You know, I mean, I'd be like, hey, okay, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, where the hell is the yeah. devil? Come on. I- <laughs> All right. What we got? I love, though, like, thinking about this because for some reason, even when I imagine this, I still sort of imagine that the deal is on my terms when clearly (laughs) it wouldn't be. Like, that's my favorite part of this imagination is just like, because it's very easy for me to just say Exxon presents Beyond Synth, but obviously there would be a really dark side to the deal. And I always always just assume the decision will be really easy where it's like, we're going to give you a lot of money and you uh, have to pretend to like Taylor Swift or something. And like, all right, like, you're going to give me money? Like, I can do that. Pretty, uh, pretty intense that one yeah. <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> well we could probably wrap this up but i want to listen to a track from uh tapeless oh yeah thank you the the tapeless album 2019 which is called tapeless and then followed by some japanese characters which says tapeless okay so is that the same for all the tracks then yeah. it's just the japanese translation exactly yeah i had uh major issues with itunes trying to get this on there so the itunes version is actually all in english and i had to rejig all of the uh the artwork as well oh that's too bad well but that's the way it should be i'm a i'm a colonial at heart and so like when i see other languages i'm like it's just, it should just be english you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah so anyways let's uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look. Let's let's do this. Let's. Let, <laughs> this is a great segue to a track. Uh, this is the track "City" by Beckett.
And that was Beckett with the track City, followed by a bunch of Japanese characters which mean city. And I am here right now with Mr. John Beckett. We're just winding down this uh, this lovely afternoon. Love the evening. I've uh, oh, that's right. Taken off my pants already. <laughs> Dress for the job you want, not for the job you've got. Yeah, the the job I want is guy who sits in a chair in his underwear. Yeah, eating chicken. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so what's uh, I don't know? Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Or no, I think uh, I, you know. Again, I think your uh, your links are beautiful. I love your links. Every you know, John Beckett and all that. beautiful. Love it. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't saying thanks, but I'm. <laughs> yeah, no, I think yeah, I think we covered everything. I mean, look, you look at this, right? We've covered broken legs, curling. That's true. We started with curling. That was amazing. Uh, we've gone through all of the involvement and development of the tracks and the music I make. We've even talked about t-shirts and devil deals. It, you See, there you go, man. I like I like a good recap. I need somebody here to recap the show for me because that's the moment where it clues in just how stupid this show is. Mm, it's like during really? the recap phase where you're like, what did we talk about? And it's like, what didn't we talk about? Yeah. Music. Okay. <laughs> that's usually the case. <laughs> Even sick in, in the cinema as well. There you go. That's right. I think uh, end the show with the Hunter theme tune. Oh, that would just top it all off, wouldn't it, really? I'll just play that beginning, that... I love that. Yeah, no, it's pretty amazing. I like it's just got that gun. <laughs> See, I like in the old days, too, when, like, you know, they would do a title sequence like that, and that had to be, like, just some gun filmed on a black backdrop, That's and it. some guy's turning it on a stick, you know? Like, it's not a 3D animation. <laughs> yeah, she's a stick gun. That'd be, that's yeah. it. That's what you need. <laughs> it sold the series so well. Yeah, no, it, it's great. I think they change it later on, though. I watched a, some clips of, like, later seasons, and I don't think it's there. Yeah. Hunter turned into, like, it's, it's the kind of cop that I believe that Alex Murphy from Robocop would, would have been. Let's write that fan fiction there, fucking Hunter Cop. Hunter Cop. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. But look, man, you have a lovely, uh, lovely evening, and keep on making cool tunes. And we'll uh, we look forward to the stuff you make because it sounds nice, and I dig it. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, it was lovely to uh, to chat with you. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me here with you. Alright, and that was my conversation with Beckett. Hope you enjoyed that. Now I should just tell you that this week is Canadian Thanksgiving, which is going to mess with my schedule a little bit. So what we're probably going to do is we're going to do the high five on Monday because this weekend I'm not going to be able to do much work. So that's what we're going to do. So next week what we'll probably do is do two high fives uh, and then we'll go back to regularly scheduled programming. So the point is you're not missing the beat. You're still getting your Beyond Synth content uh, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. So thank you for listening to Beyond Synth. Don't forget to check out the Groupies bundle, uh, groupies.com slash beyondsynth. You've got one more day. And uh, for everybody else out there, have a lovely week and a happy uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. Although I think maybe we'll release an episode on Thanksgiving. Is Thanksgiving Monday or Sunday? I'm not a very good Canadian. All right, uh, you're all the best, and I'll talk to you soon on Beyond Synth. Thanks for
If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. Have a lovely week.